Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, the fate of the town of Mariupol rests on an unknown number of Ukrainian fighters trying to defend the city's iron and steel factory, a four-square-mile complex. They have rejected multiple calls from the Russians to surrender, in part because of the estimated 1,000 civilians sheltering in the factory's basement. The Azov Battalion of Ukraine sharing this video saying that these are the innocent men, women, children, babies who did nothing to deserve this bombardment and are now at the mercy of Putin's military. Yeah, and the latest deadline by the Russian military passed a couple hours ago of surrender or we're going to kill you all. Uh, A couple of quick things before I get into this interview. The Breaking news yesterday, the Pentagon said that Ukraine has received additional fighter aircraft from countries other than the United States and additional aircraft parts that will allow Ukraine to get more planes in the air. Okay, that's good news. Yeah, I have a pretty good report on the heavy weaponry they're getting now, how that's all worked, and a couple of comments a little bit. Uh, The same commander you're about to hear from in the Washington Post interview in a second, uh, a little bit ago, said he believes they only have a few hours left in that steel plant right now. Anyway, yesterday this got a lot of attention. Surrounded by Russians, Commander describes life inside Mariupol plant. In his most extensive comments to Western media, Major Volnya of the 36th Separate Marine Brigade, whose forces have been holding out in that iron and steel works against a Russian force that vastly outnumbers them, told the Washington Post that his soldiers would continue to conduct combat operations and to complete our military tasks as long as we receive them. We will lay, we will not lay down our weapons. Speaking over a crackling connection made possible by satellite, he said his forces would not repeat the mistake made by others of trusting Russian guarantees of safe passage, only to see the Russians break their word and open fire. No one believes the Russians, he said. Volnia made an impassioned plea to world leaders, especially President Biden, to conduct an extraction in which a third country would assure security of troops and civilians leaving Mariupol. Uh, as I mentioned, Russia put a deadline on it, then extended the deadline until a couple of hours ago, and uh, Russia said that's their final deadline. So we'll see. 
Wow, that's an interesting idea. Uh, I'm imagining not a, a single third country, but maybe NATO forces donning the uh, you know the colored helmets of the peacekeeper and saying, "Look, only thing we're doing, we're building a cordon, and the civilians are going to walk out of it. Anybody shoots at us, we shoot back at them." Do you hear me, uh, Russia? Of course, that's uh, that is absolutely stepping uh, toward the landmine of a greater war. Certainly. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying eh, it'd be Cer- a gamble. Certainly seems justifiable in terms oh, yeah. of world opinion, or every single uh, strongly worded speech about human rights and protecting the innocent. Never and, again uh, for the rest of our lives. I'll roll my eyes at. I still, I already do more or less, but. This is back to the interview. This commander said the plant held at least 500 people who are wounded, including civilians. It's in the basement where people just rot. There is no medication, he said. The fighters and civilians inhabit an underground system of tunnels that allow them to protect injured civilians and provide minimal medical care. He declined to disclose the number of fighters in the plant, which also includes members of the Azov Battalion, as you just heard Jake Tapper of CNN say, a part of Ukraine's National Guard and policemen and border guards. He called the situation tragic and critical, and he appealed very strongly to President Biden to help save the soldiers and civilians who had fallen into this trap. He said this could be through a military operation with all necessary military means or political agreement with another country or non-military organization guaranteeing the Ukrainian safe passage. Yeah, send, send the Red Cross with the message you just said. You shoot at the Red Cross, we're going to obliterate you. We very yeah. mu- he, he said, we very much hope that President Biden will hear us and help resolve our situation. We believe that this is one of the few people who can really influence and solve this situation in a short time. The uh, By the way, if you don't aren't fully up to speed on this iron and steel plant, the Soviet-era iron and steel plant, one of the largest factories in Europe, stretches over four square miles along the city's waterfront. That is a giant complex with deep tunnels designed to sustain bombing. So they the Russians are going to have to go in there mm-hmm. if they want to kill everybody. Or I suppose you could just wait until they all die of starvation and dehydration. And now serves as a fortress-like, fortress-like shelter. It played a dominant role in the city's economy. Tens of thousands of people in the town worked there before it became their Alamo. With no assistance and cut off from the outside world, the soldiers and civilians are relying on each other to survive. Volnia is sleeping two to three hours a night in a wet basement alongside his comrades. We save water together. We support each other. We try to help each other as much as possible. Everyone is ready to continue as one. He said morale among the soldiers remains high. We are aware of everything. We understand everything calmly. We continue to carry out combat missions. The shelling is around the clock. Yesterday, Volnia described the city as demolished from the face of the earth. Scores of people lay under the rubble of burned houses and bombed out buildings. Crosses have sprouted in courtyards and on walls and makeshift graves have pocked the city harrowing reminders of the loss of human life. What is happening here is beyond basic human comprehension, he said. And he said he believes he and his friends will die there, and he just said a little bit ago he thinks they only have hours left. So that's that. I, I know we're both willing to concede that all of these questions are incredibly difficult, um, and, and someday, with the benefit of hindsight, our uh, vision will be 2020 on what could have been done or should have been done, or, you know, et cetera. Um, on the other hand, if something 
could be done to at least save all those civilians. I mean, at the very least. And, you know, perhaps even uh, rearm the the fighters and, and resupply them with food and medicine, that sort of thing. It would require bold, courageous, decisive leadership. And, and not to make this about uh, American partisan politics or anything like that, but name for me, please, any time, any time whatsoever outside of the incident with Corn Pop when uh, Joe Biden was bold, courageous, and decisive. It's just not his thing. It is not his thing. It is definitely not his thing. How would a different president handle it any differently? I don't know. But, yeah, a- you know... He was the no vote on the Bin Laden raid. Nah, we better not. We know it might make Pakistan angry and just, I don't know. We better not. Am I correct that he was the only no vote? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. During the period of the brave, bold, and courageous, decisive Barack Obama who wanted to lead from behind. So, Captain Lead from Behind's team... All said yes. Joe Biden thought, oh, no, we got to lead from further behind or maybe not lead at all. Oh, what a terrible accident of history that, you know, so many people wanted wanted Trump out. And the Republican, I'm sorry, the Democratic Party was so unable to vomit up a candidate worth a damn that America elected Joe Biden. Now the poor Ukrainian people, to a large extent, are depending on uh, Biden. I will tell. I'll, I'll give him this: we are shipping increasingly heavy weapons to them. Uh, it it may well be too little. It's uh, certainly too late. But in contrast to the early days of what everybody thought would be a short war, where the Ukrainians would put up some cute resistance, but really they don't have a chance. It'll all be in Kiev in four hours. I remember that crap. So we were giving well, them, you know, bullets and helmets and medical And kits. we were helping it that direction as Joe Biden told Zelensky to leave town. Right, right. Horrible. Isn't that unbelievable? Horrible. How different would this story be if the president of that country had followed our president's advice? It would have fallen in hours. Boy, you're right. That's exactly from the same file folder as it better not take out bin Laden. I don't know. It might not be a good idea. Rather than becoming one of the most inspiring figures of world history, you should probably leave. That's my best advice. Just I'd run for my life if I were you. Go stay in a hotel in uh, some western city and... uh... You'll have a, uh, what do they call it, a uh, government uh, in, in exile. Yeah, that'd be good. We'll recognize your title. Anyway, uh, getting back to uh, the weaponry specifically, the West is now focused on sending longer-range weapons like howitzers, anti-aircraft systems, anti-ship missiles, armed drones, armored trucks, personnel carriers, and even tanks. Uh, evidently, we are now, better late than never, beseeching anybody who has Soviet-era weaponry, including airplanes and tanks, give them to Ukraine. Give them to Ukraine. We'll sell you super cheap, super advanced American stuff, all right, to replace yours so you're not caught, uh, you know, without any gear. Uh, So that sort of thing, allegedly, to whatever extent is possible, is flowing into Ukraine as we speak, and certainly in the next 24 hours or so. Yeah. And uh, how much is the right amount? I don't know, but it's something like $4 billion worth since the war began a month and a half ago. Uh, and I always have to point out that we were pumping in $9 billion a month into Iraq when we thought that was an important war. Yeah, yeah, true that. 
and and Germany, which seems to have two speeds, megalomaniacal genocide, 1930s, or cringing pussycat, announced that, well, we really can't send Ukraine much gear because we really don't have any. I mean, we barely got any for our armed forces, so because we don't really have armed forces, because you know we're afraid that we'll, I don't know, go Hitler again. Aye, and aye, and aye. just uh, once again, as I was going through cable news earlier before I went to work, the most of the voice—well, not most, all of the voices that I see on your lefty cable news channels are: Why aren't we doing more? When are we going to do more? What, what can we do to get those people out of there? So the. The breaks on this are coming out of the White House, I guess. I guess. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because that was one of the aspects of this that I wanted to talk about. So uh, uh, American officials say, um, oh, I'm sorry. So Russia sent a formal warning saying that uh, sending the, the most sensitive weapon systems could bring unpredictable consequences. Oh, no. Um, and American officials say the uh, the warning shows weapons are making a big difference on the battlefield. But this is a quote from the New York Times. So for Washington, at least, concerns about supplying arms that Russia might consider escalatory have ebbed, as the as has the initial worry that Ukraine will use longer range weapons to attack Moscow itself and set off a bigger war. Uh, they're talking about how much intelligence to give. Um, uh, Lieutenant General Frederick B. Hodges, former top U.S. commander in Europe, who we've quoted several times, said, quote, seven weeks ago, they were arguing about whether to give Stinger missiles. How silly does that seem now? We have been deterred out of an exaggerated fear of what could possibly happen. He's not necessarily right, but I think he probably is. I think he probably is, too. An exaggerated fear of what will happen. By an administration headed by the cringing better not guy. Pull that bad and care. That's a good counterpoint, sir. Failed to consider that. 